0: Welcome to Companion Pass. I'm thrilled to have you along on this wild ride as we explore the untamed world of rodeo life and the families and supporters that make it all happen. From thrilling arena action to quiet moments behind the scenes, this podcast is your ticket to the heart of true rodeo life. I'm Lindsay Branquino, and as a rodeo wife and mom myself, I've experienced firsthand the joys and challenges of life in and around rodeo. Together, we'll dive deep with rodeo families, rodeo athletes, and other folks who are living and breathing the Western way of life. We'll explore topics like raising families while husbands are away, navigating the dangers of a professional rodeo career, keeping a relationship alive when you're hundreds of miles apart, and what it takes to pursue your own goals in the midst of it all. Whether you're part of a rodeo family, a fan, or just someone who loves Western culture, Companion Pass will give you all the real, unfiltered insights you've been looking for. Let's dig in. Welcome back to Companion Pass. Today is part two of my talk with Stephanie Field. Now, if you missed part one from last week, you're going to want to go back and listen to that. We jam-packed so much in that we couldn't fit it all into one episode. And so this week you're getting part two of our conversation, which was just a ton of fun. So I hope you enjoy. I want to talk about your three beautiful kids because not only are you all these other things, you are also a mom and you've got just three gorgeous, sweet little kids. You've got two girls and one boy. Tell us what it's like for you or how I guess it changed for you going from being just on your own to then having these kids and navigating rodeo life as a parent. Because for me, that
1: was a huge change such a huge change. Because I, like I've said, I was so young. I met Casey when I was 17. It was like a crazy whirlwind of three years of dating on and off. And then wham, bam, get married. And then we got pregnant right away. So I was like 20. I was, how old was I? It was 21. 21. Yeah, I was 21 when I had Chamberlain. I got married and then we got like pregnant right away. And so it was like, literally throw me to the alligators. Like I was just
0: yeah. thrown in. So you never, you didn't have much time then as like
1: the, on your own rodeo wife, you oh. like immediately were doing it. And, and me, yeah, totally. And, but which I would not change it for the world. Like, right. honestly, one of my favorite things about like having kids and raising them is, cause this world, it is, it's so scary. And Chamberlain has a cousin. So Casey's sister actually lives Now that you can see me like right through there, like she was to right in there. (laughs) And so she has a little girl that's Chamberlain's age and they're six months apart. And so I would not change it. When I first found out, I was like, oh my gosh, no, this isn't how it's supposed to happen. I wanted to be married for a minute and just do the newlywed thing for a minute. But it was such a blessing. Like Heavenly Father doesn't ever make mistakes because that is truly one of my biggest blessings is those two having each other. They've been in the same class since they were preschoolers. And yeah, and so in this world, they they need that that con They're more sisters than anything. And anyways, that's just one of the biggest blessings. But yeah, I definitely got thrown into it, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. Luke and
0: I were married for gosh four and a half years before I had Cade, and I always thought, gosh, this is gonna be so hard having him gone and being having being a mom and doing all that, and it definitely presented its own challenges. But for me, when I think back the time before I had kids, being a rodeo wife was so much harder for me than after we had after we started having kids, I think in some ways they're a distraction. they give you a new purpose, they keep you busy, and it's getting to keep a little piece of your husband with you too.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. yes, and it's like your little best friend that gets to go You're never alone. Which sometimes is not a positive, right? Of course. You're like, never alone, <laughs> but that was probably like my fondest memories. Those first years together, we went everywhere with him, and we're trying to like recreate those memories now that we have three of them. And it's it was so much easier to travel with obviously one, which is funny. Like your first kid, like you think you need everything, right? You need all of the things. Right after we had her, we actually traveled in a van, like a horrible, creepy van, not like a minivan, like a poor. <laughs> like it's horrible. And it was like, (laughs) and like it had, Casey would be like mortified to hear me talk about the, I think he called it the El Capitan. Like he even named it. And it had good, (laughs) every good Ruffy van needs a name. Right. Yeah. See, he even has a name, the Ruffy van. Like we all know the van. (laughs) So obviously, like the two front seats, and it had the captain chairs and then a bed in the back. And I remember the very first rodeo we went to, we took that. And then after that, I was like, put my foot down. I was like, I cannot do the van anymore. And so then it's your first kid. You think you need everything. So we bought a toter home, which was like my fondest memories. And if you don't know what a toter home is, it's like a motor home on steroids. So like the front of it's like a semi, so you can travel so far, right? And it just, it's just a lot hardier. But we went absolutely everywhere with it. And they were my fondest memories. And now that we have three, but we just built the house, it's like we're trying to fit in the budget to buy it. Every time he's like looking to buy anything, I'm like, oh, well, a bus. That's so we can get all of us because so with Chamberlain, we had a toter home and then the last, I don't know how many years, we travel in a Capri camper, which I absolutely love, but it's just really hard to fit five people in a Capri camper going down (laughs) the road. It's like you have to take turns getting up. It's perfect for like me and Casey or Casey and a couple of guys. But that just goes to show your first kid, you think you need everything. And by your third kid, you're all crammed in the camper, like a tiny little camper. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, it was, I was definitely thrown in, but it was the best way to get thrown in. I wouldn't change any of it. It was so fun. And it was just so fun to bring her along with everything. And sometimes like you don't know anybody and it's but you have your little buddy. Sometimes right. now, you know, I do know people. I'm like, oh, and I don't have the kids because they don't like to go as much. I'm like, gosh, so weird. I don't have anybody with me. I'm all by right. myself. So it's, it's been, true. Yeah, it's. I don't know. They're so fun. And I I really do hope that fingers crossed and the stars align and we can somehow recreate those memories in these last couple of years.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know if this is something you've experienced, but the one thing, not the one thing, one of the biggest things that became harder for me, after having kids, particularly as the kids got older
1: and Luke was more towards the end of the career, I would say probably how old are your kids? So Chamberlain is 10, Huxton is seven, and Remy is four.
0: So it's probably when our boys were around those ages, is when it really, I really started noticing how hard it was, not just, but it always been difficult for me to have to say goodbye to Luke when they leave because that's the thing about rodeo cowboys is they always leave and those goodbyes never get easier no matter how many times you do them and i guess there's some part of my brain that was hopeful that they would that you do it enough and then it's not so difficult but i actually found it getting harder as time went on and the more we did it. And I think a huge part of that was the kids, because it's not just then hard for you saying goodbye to your husband. You're having to watch your kids say goodbye to their dad and them having their own feelings about it. And you trying to hold yourself together, even though you're experiencing your own emotions about having to say goodbye. It's been a while since I've had to do this. And I feel like I'm going to cry talking about Same, it. Like
1: my eyes are getting watery right. because it's like you do, you picture <laughs> it and it's It is. It's not just like you said, you saying goodbye and then being little and they don't realize what's going on. But the older they get, they're like, no, they know what's coming. They know that the next few weeks, what we have in store. And it is, it's hard to say goodbye, especially like the summertime is the worst when you know, it's going to be like a run. It's not just going to be like a weekend that he's going to be gone. It's so hard to see that them pull out of the driveway. Like it's, the worst it's like let's all go inside we're gonna be okay like we're gonna go do something fun you have to pep yourself up and it's it is it's so hard and it's like we all have to have a pep talk it's okay we can't cry because if we cry then he's gonna cry and don't be sad because then he's gonna be sad and then it's almost hurry and rip the band-aid off and hurry and leave so then we can get past this whole sadness because it does it freaking sucks. And I think it's really the hardest on my little boy because he's stuck at home with three girls. So when his partner leaves, he is, he's so sad because he's such a boy to the core. And I'm just not as cool as dad. I can't go do all the crazy <laughs> adrenaline things that he can right. do and fix all the things. Like I actually posted on social media. So they had, Huxon had a few of his friends over and they got the Rangers stuck. And I was like, oh, Gosh, okay, here we go. So one of those things where you just have to figure it out on your own, right? Because dad's not there. Stephanie's Googling it, like how to unstuck. <laughs> <laughs> how to get the wench out. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and I even like, I did, I had a FaceTime him, and I was like, seriously, how do you? Because once again, he had, it was in the winter. So he had the plow on the front of the ranger and I couldn't figure out to get the plow off because I needed the wench <laughs> and all the things. So I'm like FaceTiming him trying to, and then it was so cute because all the little boys were like, no, try this. dance. So it's, it is, it's hard, but I don't know it's part of it you just have to power through it and it the, but the hardest thing is trying to like you said put on that face not just for us but for him because if we're crying and bawling and dad don't leave then it's that much harder for him to go and do his job. And
0: that's I think that's a component of it that we can't overlook is that it's not just hard for us being left at home it's also hard for them cuz these Men love their families, obviously. They don't want to be missing out on these milestones or not even milestones. I find often it's the small things. It's the baseball games. It's the whatever. It's like the little moments that we get so much of that they're having to. And so that's a – I know for Luke that was a heavy weight that he would have to carry with him every single time he left. And as his wife and loving him so much and also wanting him to go out and have the best chance that he had at being successful at his job – and needing as much of his mental focus there as he could have, is trying to take a little bit of that weight off of him and make it as easy to leave as it possibly could be, which under the best circumstances is still hugely difficult. Do you and Casey have a time, like, this is how long we'll be apart, or this is how long we go without seeing each other before we try to find something figure out something
1: yeah definitely 10 days 10 days after that it's holy cow like no let's cancel the plans let's let's see each other because it is it's just i don't know why 10 days is that's our mark is 10 7 is hard but 10 is okay enough is enough i don't care turnout is it really that good of a rodeo or let's who cares for which flights are like let's it's just it's hard and it almost like revamps you like you're gone from each other from that long. And then you see each other again, and it like gives you a whole new energy for him, gives him a whole new energy to go out and do his thing. Because it, especially the older he gets, and the older the kids get, he'll say that he just, he doesn't enjoy it. So I'm like, what's the point? What's the point of doing this if nobody's having fun? It's different if we're at home, just trying to hold the fort down while he is, because that's, that's how we pay the bills. That's our lifestyle. But if he's not even having fun, then why are we doing this? So if we can be together, then it makes the difference between
0: winning and losing, for sure. It's totally true. And I'm glad you brought up what you just did, because I think that's a huge turning point in their careers. And I know that Luke and I, because he recently retired, like that's really the point that we hit is that in rodeo, it just requires a lot of sacrifice to compete at the level that these guys do on everybody's part, on the family members at home holding things together on their part. It's just a lot of sacrifice. And they're doing it because they love it. They're doing it because they it's fulfilling and they have fun. And so for a large part, you have to continually check in with yourself and say, is this sacrifice still worth it? And a lot of the time that answer is yes, because there are so many wonderful things about this life we live. But like for Luke, I know we steadily got to the point where asking himself that question He finally was like, no, that was when things changed. That's when he was like, I think I'm done, is finally the answer is no. The wear and tear on his body, the continuous surgery, the things that he was missing with the kids, the relationship he was feeling he was missing out on with them, the things he and I wanted to just go do together and live the little moments during the day that you only get when you're around each other all the time. Is that he finally got to the point where he's like, I love rodeo so much, I love steer wrestling, but now the answer is finally no. That the sacrifice that this requires to be successful is no longer worth it, and I want to just go and live this
1: other life together. I think I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's an emotional thing, actually. Veronica and I were just talking about this. It truly is like the big picture. It's it is a dream job and it is a dream life, but just like with everything else, like nothing is permanent, good or bad. And like good for Luke to be able to realize that and be like, okay, it's time for a new area in life. Cause it, that is one part that is scary. It's like, that's all you've known for so long. It's scary. It's like, okay, now what? Like now, what am I going to do? I don't know if it's the same for stir wrestling. I'll be interested to hear your side, but like with rough stock writers, or I guess, bareback riders, I know for sure. Adrenaline is like a drug to them. It's something that they crave, but it's something that they can't get anywhere else. And that's one thing that they all have in common. Like every guy at the top, they all have that, that switch up there that might not be a little bit right, right? Something's they, a little loose. <laughs> yeah, that they need that adrenaline. And so the scary part about that is that's what like keeps them going, right? So it is scary for when they're done with that what's going to fulfill that? What's going to replace that? Does Luke struggle with that? Is there like a similar, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I'm going to have to go because
0: I don't see him as somebody – you would have to have a huge amount of adrenaline to do pretty much any of this for sure. But I don't think that rush is something that ever was like the driving force behind his competitiveness or his career. So having now retired, he's there's definitely some things that he's struggled with. It's been a huge adjustment for all of us. And of course, him most of all – But I don't know. Like, I don't see him, like, going and jumping off the roof or anything (laughs) just to try and, like, chase that. I need that that rush. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's definitely not out there, like, on the four-wheeler, like, trying to jump over anything. Drive
1: really fast and let me jump off. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: He's like, quick, I'll just hang off the side of this truck. It'll be fine. No, I don't think that's, of all the things that we have faced in the last year with him deciding to retire, that kind of chasing that rush is not something. And now I'm feeling incredibly lucky. (laughs) That's... That I don't need to, like, worry about him going and doing those things. And maybe that's the difference between a rough stock rider and a steer wrestler. Because I see, like, what Casey does in the bareback riding being way more intense or something
1: than steer wrestling. Yeah, he'll tell me all the time that there's absolutely nothing else in the world that can compare to that rush that you get when you're on a horse. Other than snowmobiling, he said that's the only thing that comes close to that is giving him that feeling is, like, when he jumps off a big jump or something, which I can see because this last winter we went up to a cabin and he let me ride with him on his double belt. And she's crazy. So usually I'm like, no, I'm okay. You're good. You go. And we didn't even do anything. He just went really fast. And I was like, okay, just slow down. Like (laughs) it's just that feeling is something that he needs. And it's interesting to see when he is able to move on from that, what's going to replace that.
0: Oh gosh, I'm nervous all of a sudden. I am definitely, I am like the opposite of adrenaline junkie. I'm like a dopamine junkie. What, what, that's not the opposite of adrenaline, whatever that is. I just <laughs> constantly want to be like semi sedated. Sort of like to a
1: spa day.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm a spa junkie. That's what I am. So Casey's been, what, probably close to 20 years riding, I'm assuming riding bucking horses then. D- does he still get that same type of adrenaline rush after all that time that he did? at the beginning? Is it, or is it losing its
1: effect? <laughs> you know, that's a really, that's a really good question. There was a time where he didn't get it. So he rode buck and horses for whatever, I don't know, say 10, 10 years straight. Then he had a really bad accident. So if you don't follow Casey, you don't know. So in 2016, I think it was, or 17. Anyways, he got hurt really, really bad. And he was in Austin and he was riding a really strong horse. And when the horse came out in about six or seven seconds, he hit his head on the back of the horse's butt really hard and it like knocked him out. And he said he went numb and he couldn't see anything. Well, then when that horse bucked again, it flew him forward and he hit his face on the horse on his rigging. And if you don't know, the a rigging is really hard. So it's like a suitcase handle that they hold on to. And then they had this big glove that they shove in there, but it's like it's so hard. And he hit his face on that and it like full on knocked him out. So then he went limp. And when he fell off, the horse kicked him in the head. And he was out in the arena. And but the crazy thing is he still got a score. He was still second. Like he, that's just <laughs> how crazy he I know.
0: Casey Fields like, still did not get bucked off everybody. Yeah, but like,
1: but <laughs> half a point. It was horrible. He was laying in the arena, they had to haul him out by a stretcher. He was in the hospital for days. He had a concussion. He had a brain bleed. He had a broken jaw, a broken, I always say it wrong. I always say navel. <laughs> always Isn't nasal. that his belly button? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I he had a broken button. belly button. Yes, broken belly button. <laughs> Actually, fun fact about Casey, he hates his belly button touched. So I don't know. You can use that to your advantage Oh my gosh, wait,
0: touched? Luke hates touched. his belly button touched. <laughs> so funny. I'm like, that's what I do to irritate
1: things. him. Same. I'll be like,
0: poke. <laughs> oh my gosh. All the time. I can see like, sometimes I'll look at him in the car and he's don't do it. I know <laughs> what you're thinking. That's
1: so This funny. is another bareback writer, steer wrestler crossover. Yes. They had great taste in women, obviously. <laughs> great um, taste in women and a sensitive belly button. Yes. So then, so after that, it took him a minute to come to come back from that. But then also when he lost his dad, he just he couldn't see it like he used to. He, he would always say, which is so crazy to me, this is so crazy, that he says that when he gets on a bucking horse and he gets in that moment, like he doesn't hear anything. He doesn't hear anything in the stands. He doesn't hear anything. It's like super silent when he gets on. And then it's almost like slow motion when he rides. And when he's like really in tune, when he's in the middle of his ride, when he's on it, like he can see like his shafts, like go like flip and he can watch every moment of the horse. It's crazy to me. He lost that like after he lost his dad and then that accident happened and he did. He like lost all that and he couldn't, he wasn't thinking of the right things. He couldn't concentrate. He wasn't loving it. And so I'm like, okay, like back to what we were talking about earlier. Is this worth it? If you're not loving it, you're going to get hurt. If you're not craving it, you're going to get hurt. I don't know. I can't even remember what finally switched and but I do remember the he could not win he could not win for such a long time and it was like mentally as a wife like I because this is so hard it was so hard like trying to be you're, you're trying to like constantly be like supportive and that rock behind them that but you know that they're struggling so hard and then to finally see him, like, come out of that hole. But Anyways, yeah, once he finally got out of that and got back to his normal self, it was like, okay, like, we, we can keep doing this. But like we said before, if it's not worth it, like, you're going to get hurt. Luckily, he drug himself out and he realized that what he really wanted and found a love for it again because he didn't. He, I don't even want to be here. I want to be home. I don't, he just, he didn't love it. Finally, he found the love for it again. You describing that
0: feeling, I think is another thing that if you are a rodeo wife, you understand so well. And if you're not, it's so hard to articulate that feeling of like you said, when they're in that space where they're struggling and they're either hurt or they just can't win, or it's a mental thing or whatever it is. And that you describing it just gave me chills, honestly, on my arms because I know it so well is when it's like coming up to breathe again or something like that when they finally break through and they're back to their old selves and you can see them and there's just no better feeling because it's so hard watching them struggle like that. It just it tears you apart. And then when they can finally get back to that and you see them, I don't know, because I like I said, it's so hard to articulate that feeling, but it is, it's really emotional. And then when you can see them get back, I don't know if this was the, if this timeline matches up with yours at all or not, But I can remember after Casey lost his dad, and I know that that really that was felt all through the rodeo world for sure. That was such a huge loss. He was such an amazing man. But I can remember that. I guess maybe it was the next year at the
1: American. I'm not sure how where that matched up. I think it was honestly months. So Lily passed in February. Isn't it usually like it was March? Right. Yeah, it was right yeah. after. So, not even a couple. It was like a month. Because all of us were like, no, don't. Yeah. Yeah, that was hard. Because then they did that tribute. They did the tribute. I just remember mm-hmm. sitting there and watching Casey and just it
0: breaking my heart for him. And then him going out and
1: just because he won it that year, right? I think so. You know, it's so crazy when you're like in that moment of life and you're like, well, we're in your grieving. It's like everything is like a blur. Like you don't have a timeline, but. Yeah, I think he did when it got on, like, Virgil that year. Yeah, just, like, and how going are you doing that?
0: Exactly. And then just seeing and feeling that moment of just how that must have felt for him or your family and knowing that you've had such a tremendous loss and then going out there and these guys just dominating still or being able to perform like that. It was just, I I just, and I think I sent him a message maybe on Instagram or something and just being like, or maybe even I text you, I don't know, but just being like, I was up with Luke in the broadcast booth and they're pretty stoic, everybody up there when we're watching, when they're watching the rodeos. And There was not a person up there that wasn't on their feet or everybody went crazy up there when he rode and won. It was just like every single person in that building were right there with him just cheering him on. And I think in those moments that I've been in that are even remotely similar to that where you can feel all of these fans or other rodeo cowboys or rodeo wives – really just cheering them on and wanting the best for your husband. There is no better feeling. Of course, it's great to watch him win and the wins are great. But that feeling of having so much support that's so genuine and sincere is like, gosh, it's such a huge blessing.
1: And that right there is the number one, hands down, best part of rodeo is because we, like you said, we all know each other. Other people in the stands, they don't know what just happened. They don't understand why that win is so big but we are such it's like a family we're all so close and we know what's going on and so we truly do there's no rivalry it's we everyone cheers for each other and it's you're truly in the bottom of your heart happy when somebody else wins i actually remember the first time that tilden won the american so it was against him and casey casey went first and then tilden went And I like jumped and screamed and you would have thought Casey won, but I was so happy for Tilden and it doesn't matter. Like we say all the time, like first and second, we don't care. I don't care. Tilden's first or Casey's first. And same with Cole and his other traveling partners. It's, you want the best for everyone because you know, nothing is permanent. And with rodeo, the highs are high, lows are horribly low, but nothing is permanent and you can move on from every situation. So it's, rodeo is awesome because Everyone loves everyone, everyone cheers for each other. And that's one thing I think as we are talking about moving on from it is I think one thing that we're I know that we're gonna miss is just every the people. The people are amazing. I'm here to offer a little bit of reassurance that
0: in now because I thought about the same thing, gosh, you're gonna miss that. And I have felt still so embraced by that community in a lot of ways. So I'm here to tell you that it doesn't go away.
1: It is like family (laughs) and that they still hold on to you. Me? Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) I was talking to Casey about the other day. I'm like, we've got to go. What are we going to do? Like when you and Tilda are gone, like we need to plan family vacations so we can see each other's family and things. But that's the one thing that is so great about the NFR. It's like everyone goes. And so it's like a family reunion. It's so fun because you get to see people that you don't always get to see even though like they rodeo together all summer like I think a lot of people don't realize is like some rodeos are really long so even though they compete at the same rodeo like you don't see each other sometimes you technically don't compete against each other on the same day and I mean there's lots of times where you you don't see each other until you get to the NFR and so that's another reason why the NFR is so loved by so many is because everybody's there
0: It's true. It is really like a big reunion. And since you brought up the NFR, totally different subject here, but I would be remiss if I had you of all people and did not touch on a little bit of fashion. So if you had to, like I've said, I totally admire your sense of style. I love it. I think it's, I'm flattering myself here, but like, I would say it's similar to mine. Oh, best Um, compliment.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) For me. Yeah. But can you, in a couple words, sum up your style, like your personal style?
1: Oh, I feel like I'm very, like, I love to get dressed up. I like, I love the back number night. I love that it's one night. Right. And I've done this before and now I can't even, I put a word to it, but now I can't even think of it. I don't know. Like I, I love like a, my gosh, Lindsay, help me. I don't know. Like a, <laughs> I really put you on the spot here. I've thought about this though. Cause I've been asked this so many times and I'm like, I don't know what is my style, but I feel like it's very like a casual <laughs> something. I don't know. Here's how I'm going <laughs> to describe
0: your style is okay. <laughs> when I look at you, like you appear very like effortless and like you're like effortless cool girl if I had three words to sum up your style that would be it you never look like you're trying too hard it's subtle but it's always just so good it's not over the top in that you've got like a thousand things on but it's very I don't know it's it's really good it is casual in the sense that it never looks overdone your style But you just always look like – it's very believable. It looks like that's what you actually wear. You don't look like you went and got dressed up for the rodeo and you have some costume on. But you're also not – when I say like effortless or somebody here is casual, like you're not showing up in like track shorts and flip-flops. Like you always look really put together and like really cool. Like I feel like you walk the edge on like being – between current and trendy you know what I mean some people take trends way too far and then their look is just just trendy like I feel like you're hitting current trends but it never looks like you're chasing
1: them oh you're so sweet I don't I think you're perfect because I'm (laughs) like what's Lindsay wearing today when where's Lindsay at what is she I can't wait to see her outfit but I would say if I could obviously I can't find words but if I could put words on mine is if I could nap in my outfit. And still look like put together because I want to be comfortable, but I love a heel. So my like favorite of all time outfit is like a boot, like a comfortable like knee-high boot. And I love that like cowboy boots are in right now. But like my favorite is like a knee-high boot, cowboy boot, obviously with a heel. And then a big oversized like t-shirt or like a blazer with bralette and like shorts underneath. Like just with boots like or... I do love a good heel, but the older I get, the harder heels <laughs> are. I sprained my ankle like a year ago and I have not been able to be the same since then. Like, it has been so ridiculous. Actually, after I sprained my ankle, it was last June. I like could not get dressed for the day because I do, I wear heels a majority of the time. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, my foot wouldn't fit into any boots. So I couldn't wear like boots with heels. And it, I had to wear flats everywhere. And I'm like, I don't know. It It was was torture. It was lovely. I don't know know how to dress anymore because I can't wear heels, but I do love a good heel. But yeah, definitely like the older that I get, it's just not, just doesn't really fit, right? It's I'm running around too often (laughs) and being a mom, but yeah, but that was such a great compliment. Thank you. I, I still can't figure out what that one time when I was like, this is my style. I don't know what it is. I think it's okay. That's the thing about style and what
0: I would always tell anybody is it's
1: okay for your personal style to always be evolving, which is from heels to flats. (laughs) Right, right. Yes. But I feel like anything that you can have a handful of basics and then always throw a little bit of a trend on there. But like you said earlier, like I I am like way more simple. Like I will never see tons of jewelry lot like a bimmo belt and stuff. I just like a jumper. Like it's like one and done. You throw it on and you're like maybe like a necklace or something. But I do a very like simple, casual, kind of classier look, I guess you could say. Do you have
0: any love it or leave it feelings towards particular trends in Western fashion? Is there anything that you see out there a lot that you're like like a trend in Western fashion, rodeo fashion? Cause it's its own beast for sure. That you're like, oh, love that they're doing that, or any that you see and you're like, not for me.
1: How do I say this <laughs> without offending people? It's all well, personal. That's right. And that is the great thing about like style, right? And that's, I think, I want people to realize is that it doesn't matter if it's trendy or not. If you feel good in it and if you feel comfortable and if you feel beautiful, then who cares if it's in style or not? There are so many times where it's trendy. And I'll put it on and be like, but no, this is supposed to be cute. But I, if I don't like feel comfortable or feel cute in it, then I don't know. It's funny, like how your mind works. Right. And if, but if that, even though it's, say if it's not trendy and I like feel good in it and I'm like, whatever, like I would rather like mentally feel confident than hopefully so-and-so thinks I look good or whatever. But yeah, I think with styles, people can get really caught up with it, especially in Vegas because people, they do, they go all out. But that's the great thing about the NFR is you can, if you want to wear a prom dress to the NFR, hell, wear a damn prom dress because you can wear anything. And if that's what you feel beautiful in, then wear it. And if you want to wear a t-shirt and tennis shoes, then wear it. It's just, if you feel beautiful, I feel like that's the main thing. I feel like people really do almost stress about it, which I understand it's in like the bigger that it's getting the NFR and like the platforms that there are and things, but it's more of like how it makes you feel and makes you feel comfortable.
0: That's one of the things that I kind of love about rodeo actually. And that's what the advice I would always give to anybody about the NFR, because I think fashion has taken on such a huge stage there in good ways and in bad ways, the effects that has. And that's the thing that I always try to tell people is that it's one of those things and rodeo in general, not just the NFR. You can just come as you are. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter and nobody cares. It's this very much like open arms, all are welcome. It Nobody's going to give you any sideways glances. I've been to so many, just like you, NFR performances and people there that are done up to the nines. And then you see people there that they probably worked cows last week in the exact same outfit that they're wearing, (laughs) like suspenders and old wranglers and sneakers. And everybody's having a good time. And that's the most important thing is your experience. And if your fashion or your outfit is going to enhance the experience for you, then go and do it. Nobody's going to care at all. But also nobody's going to care if you're most comfortable. I saw a guy at the Thomas and Mac once in sweatpants, and I'm sure he was having a great time.
1: Me and I think it was Savannah Bennett. We're like, we should make a sweat stay for the night bar. Like, there's like pink yes, night. There's pink nights. Yeah, sweats night. Let's, they'd be fun. Let's try it. Maybe throw some heels at it. Make it your own. I don't know. <laughs> That's in sometimes. This but, is a look um, I totally see you wearing. Oh, totally. Yeah. I can really <laughs> do that. <laughs> but back to your question earlier, like trends and or like, fashion wise that I yes. love or don't love. I think for me personally, it's big, chunky like jewelry. I don't like like the huge, big necklaces just that it's not me. Like these two necklaces I've had on, I've probably had them on for three weeks. If I can sleep same. in it, I can shower in it. I can go to the beach, whatever. Like that's just, but that's like my personal, I just, a very everything. If you can, if, like I said, if you can nap in it, great. If I can fall asleep <laughs> in it. Great. So I just come to be cozy, and I don't like big. I guess it's like gaudy things. Like yeah. that's just not really my style. And I don't like. I feel like a lot of. I guess if you would say like that ranchy look, and I feel like a lot. If you go to a lot of, I guess like the NFR. Like sometimes if there's or just not even an NFR. Like just booths, like rodeos. I feel like there's a lot of like chevron and like fringe, and like to an extent I can do some fringe, but I'm a very plain. One color, not a lot of <laughs> paisleys and things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think that that's part of the probably the part of your fashion sense that I relate to. It's and I always I for a long time going to rodeos or the finals, I always felt boring because there are so many like loud fashion personalities out there which was always really fun for me to see and take in. Like I'm not judging you for being all out head to toe covered in serape and turquoise and fringe. That's fine. It's always fun to see what other people are wearing, but it wasn't necessarily like my personal style. Exactly. Like you were saying. Yeah.
1: And just whatever you feel comfortable in. And I like for me, mine is like less is more. Yes. I love that. fashion. So next time somebody asks you to sum up,
0: I think you just (laughs) tell them it's nap chic since you want to (laughs) be able to sleep in it like that now is that's your fashion sense,
1: (laughs) right? Because I mean, like, if you think about it, being like a rodeo wife, you go from run rodeo to the next. So if I'm like in the bleachers, I got to run to the car and then we got to be in the car for maybe eight hours to the next rodeo. Like I don't want to have to change. I don't want to have to like change in my PJs. So if I can just stay in the same thing and look cute, it's a win-win. Yeah. Uh,
0: Well, Stephanie, I feel like I could have chatted with you all day long. In fact, I'm probably going to have to have you on again so I can cover the other list of topics that I want to talk to you about because this has been so much fun and I've just
1: enjoyed this so much. Oh, I enjoy you. I just adore you. You're amazing. And thank you for having me on this. Like you said, it was so fun and you're so easy to talk to.
0: (laughs) All right, Steph, I will talk to you again soon. Okay.
1: Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, that was fun. Now, if you're anything like me and just can't get enough of these behind the scenes stories from our inspiring guests, then my website is the perfect place to dig even deeper into the world of rodeo. Visit the link in the show notes for even more Companion Pass content.